The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling, but make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also doing an FCS playoff bracket challenge that is completely free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. What up, what up? Gens Dan Titus here with the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Here on Thursday with my co-host, you know him as the machine. I know him as the sports nerd, maybe a combination of both. We'll see which one he's on today. Manaf Manji, what's up, bro? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, coming off a pretty good day yesterday as far as betting and stuff, but how you doing, man? I'm good. I, had, I didn't have the best day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I put a lot on uh, the Chicago game, Not foolishly not realizing that Cleveland's just on a I don't know. They're they're playing a lot better as of late, so I was kind of disappointed in that. But uh, like to see what the Sixers did. I mean, until the buzzer beater and Joel Embiid yeah. just had that eighty-five footer rollout, man, depressing as shit. But yeah, that was crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, I think Rasheed Wallace hit a seventy-five footer in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. This was probably like what two thousand and four, two thousand three, something like that. With Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was hoping that was the end result, but not, not the case. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, so we're going to – today we're just going to talk about the six games on the slate today. Maybe give you some player props. Actually, we're definitely going to give you some player props. And yep. then we'll close out the show going over the Southwest Division on the in the Western Conference to see who's going to end up coming out on top. So we'll give our thoughts on the rest of the schedule and see how that's going to pan out. But before we get into the action – We're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, and then we'll get into it. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer for up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. All right, so... First game on the slate, man. This one's this one could get ugly. I don't know. It's the uh, Phoenix Suns traveling against the Boston Celtics. And the Phoenix Suns played uh, against the Sixers yesterday, inched out a victory. And now we have the Boston Celtics with a slew of injuries. Uh, we have Jalen uh, Brown's going to be questionable with a shoulder, or doubtful, excuse me, with a shoulder injury. Jason Tatum is questionable with an ankle injury, as well as Kemba Walker with an illness. Now, he's probable, as well as Marcus Smart. But still, I mean, this is a pretty shorthanded, what seems to be a pretty shorthanded Boston unit. They're currently laying four and a half point dogs to the Suns. I'm seeing it as low as three and a half. What are your thoughts on this game? Are you betting it? Um, are you fading it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously Phoenix with the getting the victory last night, that came, that game could have been different if Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris were in there, but you know, I mean, Absolutely. they still got the victory and then we saw the heave from Joel Embiid at the end that almost went in. But, um, you know, as far as, tonight, yeah, a lot of, like you mentioned, a lot of question marks for Boston as far as injuries and things like that. But I, I feel like you almost got to stay with the hot hand of the Phoenix Suns here, right? I mean, they're battling for playoff positioning in that top three seed in the Western Conference. Um, you know, every, I think me, per, I kind of feel like I'm waiting for this team to kind of like fall off and, uh, you know, start playing like worse or, or bad, but it's just not happening. But 
you know, when you have players like Chris Paul on this team and and uh, Devin Booker, these guys, and then their role players with Crowder and and uh, Sarge is back for them. Um, you know, Mikael Bridges finally, you know, he was in a slump there earlier this season, but now he looks like he's back in form. So, um, you know, this Boston team, they had ball reeled off six wins in a row, and then they kind of dropped one to Chicago there, which was very surprising to me. With I thought that was a game that they should have won. Um, but I'm going to say with Phoenix here tonight, you know, minus a three and a half, they are nine and four against the spread in back-to-back situations. Um, I expect DeAndre Aiden to have a big game tonight and have some success inside against the lack of interior presence for the uh, Boston Celtics. So um, Phoenix minus three and a half for me. And then I do, I did take DeAndre Aiden over nine and a half uh, rebounds as a player prop in this game. Love the player prop there. I was literally just going to say that if you yeah. had it. I love that. That's, that's uh, you know, the line is below 10. I think he's going to get that pretty much with ease with this going against Tristan Thompson and um, the newly acquired Jabari Parker. Um, wanted to touch on the Suns for a second. First, shout out to Chris Paul for passing Magic Johnson on fifth on the assist yeah. list earlier this week. And then also... Totally agree with you that the improved play of Mikel Bridges has certainly helped the Suns as of late. This team yeah. is dangerous, and, and I think that they're going to really have caused trouble for the, the Boston Celtics here. I'm actually curious about the over. We have it at the 219 and a half right now, seeing as high as 220. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this game has the propensity to go over, mainly because the Suns played on their back-to-back. Um I don't see that the that the Celtics are really going to have much of a defensive a defensive threshold to to combat the Suns' offense here. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and take the over on this. I think it's going to be a shootout. The, the Celtics are going to have to keep up with the Suns. Yeah. And if Tatum doesn't play, I think he will end up will playing, um, being that Jason Jalen Brown is out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not not much faith in this uh, the defense in this game here, especially on the Celtics side. Yeah, we take a look at, you know, Celtics, what they've done over their, you know, previous six games before the loss to Chicago. I mean, they were giving up the points, right? Even though they were winning the games, they were, you know, going over. Uh, going back to that Minnesota game, they gave up 136. Um, they held Denver down to 87. But then after that, they gave up 115 to Portland, 113 to the Lakers, and then 114 to the Golden State Warriors. They got the right. victories in the game. But again, like you mentioned, that these games were going over and, you know, Against the Chicago, I think, you know, it was just a maybe a flat spot for them. Uh, but now going back again tonight, you know, we know what Phoenix can do on the offensive side of the basketball. And if, like you just mentioned, I think you hit the nail on the head. Said if Boston has a chance in this game to win or cover the points, they're going to have to keep up with the scoring of the Phoenix Suns. And we saw what Phoenix did last night against one of the better defensive teams. I know they were missing Ben Simmons, one of their best defensive players, but still they still put up 116 on a right. Sixers team. So again, you know, Phoenix, I think should have their way on the offensive side and probably get some easy baskets around the, um, around the rim. And that's going to make Boston keep up with the scoring of Phoenix. So I love your angle on that. Yep. And, uh, just a little trend. The over is 10 and three in the sun's last 13 overall and the over five and one in the last six meetings in Boston for Phoenix. So yeah, I'm gonna take the over there. I love the De- DeAndre eight and nine and a half point, uh, nine and a half rebounds. Excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, banging the over on that one, and uh, definitely, definitely going for the Suns at three and a half currently. All right, in the next game, probably uh, this looks like it's gonna be a Zion dominating game here. Uh, we got the New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Orlando to face the Magic. Currently seeing the, the game total at 221, as high as 225. And we got the Pelicans as eight and a half point favorites currently. The Orlando Magic, I don't know. They're, they're getting health relatively healthy. I mean, their superstar players are still out, but uh, yeah. they've been giving run to a lot of their young talent that they just acquired in that trade for Chicago. So we've seen... Uh, Chumake Okiki getting more time. RJ Hamptons cracked the lineup playing pretty well. Mo Bamba's still seeing the floor. Wendell Carter has actually played a lot better. Um, been putting up some good numbers as of late. Do you yeah. think that the Magic can cover 
eight and a half here at home. Yeah, my gut tells me they can, but I mean, this might be a game where like the Pelicans just kind of just get things together and kind of just take their anger out on the Orlando Magic here. I mean, take a look at the New Orleans Pelicans. They're on a four-game losing streak here and you know, defensively, again, not playing well. They gave 116 to the Knicks, 117 to Washington, 122 to New York, 134 to Brooklyn. So now they're running into a team that is kind of inept on the offensive side of the basketball. Um, so I, I think that this will be a game for, you know, both Zion and I think BI to have a big game. I did take BI over 23 and a half points for tonight as a player prop. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I know new Orleans has not been doing well on the road as a, as a road favorite here. Let me see if I can find it on my stat sheets here. Um, yeah, four and seven against the spread as a road favorite. So, um, but I, I have faith in the Pelicans here tonight. I mean, you know, when you're going up, like you said, going up against a young team like the Orlando Magic that really don't have much to play for and, you know, kind of want to quote unquote lose games or tank to get a better draft pick, trying to build around the future. Um, I'll take the Pelicans minus the nine tonight. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm curious about Zion's point line. So he's currently sitting at I think what, I saw it 28 at 20, and a half. Yeah, I think I saw it at 29 and a half this morning on 29 and a half. Yeah. Bit rich, bit rich, but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if if Zion went for 30. Um the guy's been on mm-hmm. a tear lately, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Um Orlando Magic could definitely cover that. Um I just feel like the the uh, Pelicans much as what you said Losing four straight, they they take out that frustration on a on a a lesser opponent, and and that unfortunately is the Orlando Magic here. And we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna get into a really good Eastern Conference matchup that should be the game of the night. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. So getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving the home. Complete an online visit today to connect with your doctor and take care of it. So lastly, just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, so the my Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Currently, the Sixers are laying eight and a half, eight points to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, there are a slew of Sixers that are questionable to play. Obviously, Joel Embiid is going to be on the back end of a back-to-back. Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris did not play last game. I think that they're going to suit up for this one. This is yep. going to be an important matchup. I think that this is why Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris didn't play last night, even though yeah. they were going up against one of the best teams in the West. Uh, this is going to be a, a statement game for both teams. I think the yeah. Sixers are definitely in a, a good position to maintain that top spot in the East, especially with news of James Harden having a setback with his hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. But eight points. Is this disrespect by Vegas to the the top seed, or do you think that the Milwaukee Bucks actually can can cover this? I, I think it might be that they're kind of waiting for this injury news. So I, I think if you have the inside information, or like you're seeing reports from like beat writers, or know anything that if Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are playing tonight, I would probably grab that number now because that number is going to come come down if those guys are announced in. Um, right. But yeah, when I saw that uh, line this morning, I thought, you know, there's something, something's not right with that line. I mean, when you have the, you know, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference of Philadelphia 76ers, you know, they're going back and forth with 
uh, the Brooklyn Nets for that one seed. And now you're taking on a Milwaukee team. That, you know, they're also battling, trying to get them to that one seed. But we take a look over their past 10 games for the um, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're only five and five in that span. You yeah. know, they're number six in offensive efficiency, but we know that they're a great offensive team, uh, you know, top 10 in defense also. But Philly over their past 10 games, you know, they are currently, let me see if I can find it here. Yeah. They're six and four. Yeah. Six and four. Um, but again, they've been battling injuries. Like we mentioned with Ben Simmons and Tobias I, I Harris. Like and I mean, her, those are two of the five man. starters, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I, I think they, like you said, I think they will suit up tonight because this is a big game for the Sixers. I'm going to go ahead and lock in that plus eight. Now, assuming that those guys do get announced in for tonight, I think Joel Embiid in post game last night did say he was uh, planning on playing tonight. So you should right. probably get, hopefully we get a full strength of um, full strength from the 76ers. Yeah. It's looking like Vegas is a little pessimistic on, on the outlook, given that this game opened at five and a half and now it's crept up to eight. So maybe they're assuming maybe one of the, of the two or maybe both of Simmons and Tobias may not play. Despite that, I mean, I think that the Sixers have actually managed pretty well without those without those players in there. I mean, they went toe to toe with the Suns last night, yeah. which is a really really good team, better than the the Milwaukee Bucks. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a track meet. Uh, I think that opened at two twenty eight. Uh, right now, we're seeing it at. Uh, let's see. I see it at two two twenty five and a half. Okay, so it's going down a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Sixers slacking on defense. I mean, they're known for their defensive prowess, but being that they're mm-hmm. on the back end of a back-to-back and traveling to Milwaukee, wouldn't be surprised if they have a, a little bit of a letdown on the defensive end here. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Sixers uh, plus eight here. Um, okay. The Bucks. The Bucks have been such an inconsistent team, man. It's hard to trust them. Um, even when Giannis was sitting, um, they're just not getting the consistent play that they're, they were accustomed to seeing. I mean, 35 and 22 overall, but you know, at home 18 and 10 against the spread 13 and 15 at home. Like that doesn't, that doesn't give me a lot of faith in them on their home yeah. court going up against one of the better teams in the league, despite maybe being without a couple of their stars. Yeah. And you took over their last two games. I mean, it's small sample, but they played, Memphis and Phoenix, and they both gave up 128 points each in those last two games. So, um, you know, Philadelphia is very capable on the defensive side of, sorry, the offense side of the basketball. Um, they do play, obviously they play tonight, but then they play again on uh, Saturday, I believe. So this is like yeah. a two game mini set for these two teams. So um, I, I think the, I will take Philly here tonight. But I think whichever team doesn't cover or get the victory tonight, I'll probably be taking the opposite team on 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 uh, on Saturday there. So uh, definitely one of the better games here tonight. You know, this is going to be probably the game of the night. I believe it's on TNT. So yep, yeah, kick back in Sixers. I'll take Sixers plus the eight, and you know, pop some popcorn. And watch this one. This is going to be a good one for sure. And the next game, this one. <laughs> I guess it, it could have been a good game, I guess, but like with Detroit, so we're going to Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit, San Antonio, Detroit's facing off against San Antonio on the road. Currently we have the, uh, the Spurs as eight and a half point favorites. Yep. Detroit's playing on the back end of a back to back, not expecting, I don't know. They've been resting a bunch of their players lately. Mason Plumlee just made his return to play as well as Jeremy Grant. They had both mm-hmm. sat out multiple games. It looks like Killian, Killian Hayes missed last game. So it looks right. like he'll be healthy for tonight. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see a mixture of the young boys running with uh, some of the vets, but San Antonio, man, they've been post all-star break have really hit a, a skit, a losing skit here. I mean, they're battling with the Warriors like a half game back of that 10th spot in the play-in tournament right now. Mm-hmm. I'm losing faith in them actually making the playoffs at this point because unfortunately for them, their fate is controlled by the play of Steph Curry, which we know has been MVP-esque. Um, not much faith in the, in the San Antonio here, but at eight and a half points, depending on, I think I'm going to probably wait to bet on this one to understand which Detroit Pistons are actually going to be playing because if they are at near full strength, I think that they can cover eight and a half points. Yeah. 
they got the cover last time. I mean, it was by half a point against Dallas. I know they're in a back-to-back situation here, but I mean, in back-to-back situations, Detroit is eight and five against the spread. Um, and they're bare, uh, you know, their overall record, a straight up win record on the road, isn't that great, but they're 17, 14 and one against the spread on the road and, you know, 16, 14 and one as road dogs. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm going to stay with this Detroit team. We take a look at San Antonio last night. Just got, I mean, that second half for them was just, it wasn't good. You know, Miami pulled away in that game. A much needed win for Miami. But, um, you know, I, I'll take Detroit plus the eight here tonight. Uh, I, I like these young guys. They're they're playing hard. Um, you know, Killian Hayes, like you mentioned, is back tonight. But some of these other guys that they have on their team, Isaiah Stewart. Um, yeah. You know these guys are balling, so I'll I'll gladly take that plus eight here on the road tonight with the with the Detroit Pistons. I like that call, man. And you're right. Uh, the play of Isaiah Stewart's been really good, man. He reminds me of like a, I don't know. He's just one of those bruisers, like old school bruisers. That I feel like the physicality that he brings to the Detroit front court is is a welcomed addition. I think Detroit actually is building something around their pieces. Uh, they're not going to be good for a couple of years, but I think that they, they at least started drafting well, uh, yeah. which is a good part. You know, you got to build the, you got to build a squad mm-hmm. um, internally first, develop the talent, and then also get a couple of high caliber free agents. I think Jeremy Grant's worked out pretty well. And, and so has Mason Plumlee, yeah. uh, but we'll see how the young bucks continue to rise there as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break and then get into the final two games of the slate. Better than Vegas, it's like YouTube, but before DGENs only care about sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over at our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They get a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. So make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. The Sports Gambling Podcast is now on Riffer. Riffer is your home for many episodes and free picks from the SGPN crew. If you don't have time to listen to an entire episode, Riffer is the perfect quick fix. Make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash R-I-F-F-R. Okay, this one isn't uh, not too attractive. We got the Charlotte Hornets, the injury-riddled Charlotte Hornets going up against the Chicago Bulls who are also uh, dealing with their fair share of injuries and absences currently have the Chicago bulls as one and a half point favorites at home. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm actually, uh, this is pretty much a pick them for me. I'm going to go with the better seeded team in the Charlotte Hornets. They tend to, they tend to surprise and, and play really well, especially in the fourth quarter. And the Chicago bulls have just been in a skid in a slide, just, you know, with playing without Zach Levine has been detrimental to this team. Yeah. Kobe White is just not it. Um, you know, I, I the two the second year guard, I, I was watching him yesterday and uh I don't know, he just it seems like he gets pulled pretty early by Billy Donovan if he makes an early turnover or like a bad mm-hmm. shot and they go right to Tomas Sadaransky and um yeah. not really feeling this team at all. So yeah, I'm kinda of surprised to see uh, the Bulls favorites here. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at last night. I mean, Chicago was, it was just a, I mean, a abysmal game for them last night. They had one starter in double figures last night. And that was Kobe white. Like you just mentioned, who had 14 points for them. I mean, Gross. if your starters, yeah. I mean, if your starters are not scoring, you're not going to win ball games. And there, I guess, I think it's, it is maybe the Zach Levine effect where they don't have them and they're not scoring very many points. We take a look over their last three games, whereas Levine has not been there. 106, 102, and 105 last night. Yeah, they won two out of those three games, but two of those games were against Cleveland. They split one and one, and then they, there was that fluky win against Boston where I think it was just a flat spot for them. Now you go up yeah. against you know Charlotte tonight that is missing some key guys. Obviously, we got the news that LaMelo Ball may be returning soon, but there, I heard that they're still being cautious with him. But you still have Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, uh, Miles Bridges on this team that can still, you know, play ball. And like you said, Charlotte is still in that playoff chase kind of, you know, they, they're in that Eastern Conference. Those seedings, at least below from four to eight to ten, are changing every single day. 
So in the back of their minds, they know that they're still in the playoff chase, if not at least at minimum in competing for that play in tournament in the Eastern conference. So um, I was surprised to see this line, you know, so even Chicago favored by one or around a pick them, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I'll take Charlotte here tonight. I think this might be a big game for Terry Rozier here tonight. Um, but also I, I think this is a game where Vucevic, if Chicago wants to have a chance that he needs to step up and score the basketball for it, for the bulls. Yeah, he does. So, so I think those right. are two players that you may want to take a look at it for as far as player props is Terry Rozier and Vucevic. But as far as the game against the spread, I'll, I'll take uh, the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Interestingly enough, man, like <clears throat> just looking at Chicago's performance, you know, uh, at home, 12 and 17 against the spread, not, not much confidence there. Whereas mm-hmm. Charlotte 16 to 15 um, as a, as a road uh, on the road um, against the spread. So have a little bit more confidence there. Terry Rozier's play, man, he's just been dropping crazy numbers as of late. Yeah. Um, his player prop line was 33 and a half a couple games, uh, a game ago. It's now sitting at, for his combo market of points, rebounds, and assists, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's sitting at 32 and a half. Man, this guy's just been stuffing the stat sheet. Even with Devontae Graham, he's seen a usage rate of north of 25 mm-hmm. without... Gordon Hayward and LaMelo ball in the lineup. So right. they're definitely going to care, use this guy to carry them to victory. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges has also been playing very well this season. I wish there was an award for best dunker because this guy <laughs> just baptizes people on the regular. Yeah. It's great. Like his dunking is almost like, I feel like I'm watching a combination of Vince Carter. He has like the aggression and ferocity and ferocity of Vince Carter, but like yeah. the smoothness of like a, uh, like a Dominique. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Dude, dude is dude is just a beast, man. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, no, not much faith, man. Like, who's supposed to score on the Chicago Bulls besides Vucevic? They have a right. bunch of wing guys that are all glue defensive dudes, like Thaddeus Young and Patrick Williams, um, Denzel Valentine. Like, I'm just, uh, yeah, I just can't get behind it. But the weird thing is, Chicago's actually still has a shot to get into the play-in tournament if they can just string together a handful of games, like. All, there's only a game, uh, about a game and a half separating them from the Wizards for the top, for the 10th seed in that, in that play in tournament. Yeah. The Raptors have pretty much mailed it in, right? Like they're mm-hmm. not, it doesn't seem like they're making a, a concerted effort to actually make this, this playoff here. Yeah. So you figure they're a, a game behind the Raptors, game and a half behind the Wizards. I think the, if I'm a betting, I am a betting guy, um, <laughs> I'm probably going to bet on the Wizards to to keep that 10th spot or yeah. maybe even sneak into the ninth but you're right the the hornets that four through eight is is very wide open here and even though the hornets just slid behind 500 and they're lost to the knicks i think that this is where they write their ship get back to 500 and then hope and pray that Lamelo ball can make it back in the next he's already been approved for those individual drills mm-hmm. they're probably gonna take it easy on their rookie but if yeah. he can if he has a shot to come back and not put any risk to that wrist injury, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to do it. You take a look at Chicago's record, I'm mean, sorry, their schedule after tonight against Charlotte. So then they have two games against Miami back-to-back and then they take on New York, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and then Philly. So it's going to get a little they're tougher. Sh- yeah, they're done, <laughs> right? So we, yeah, we kind of, <laughs> we talked about like if they had a chance, but I mean, you take a look at their yeah. schedule, some very, very not tough so games much. coming up. So you know, I would love to see Washington kind of get into that play-in tournament. And then when you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal uh, in your backcourt, you always have a chance, right? And we saw what they did last night against the Golden State Warriors. But I, I think this Chicago team is probably better suited to kind of getting into the offseason and kind of assessing their roster and going from there and see what, ha- what happens going, on, going into next year for this team. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Totally feel that. And for the nightcap, we got the Dallas Mavericks heading to LA to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, excuse me. Reverse. We got the Lakers heading to Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Uh, Currently, the Mavericks are three and a half point favorites with an over under sitting at 216 points. Now, Dallas is on a back to back. Correct. Um, we saw Porzingis, I believe he, 
I think they had a ton of people foul out last night. Uh, Porzingis fouled out. Willie Colley Stein fouled out. Um, not sure what was going on with all that hacking there, but uh, Dallas was able to cover the spread in a game that they should have won in convincing fashion. But mm-hmm. what do you think on them taking on the Lakers here? Do you think that this is a good spot for the Lakers to potentially take down one of the best uh, teams in the in the West, or do you think that the Dallas Mavericks are going to continue to uh, make a push here to move up the standings in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think this is. Um... This is an interesting spot for for the Lakers. I mean, I was kind of surprised to see this number at four. I mean, we do get Anthony Davis back tonight for the LA Lakers, but I'm pretty sure Huge. that he will. Yeah, he. I'm, I'm assuming that he will be on a minutes restriction because he's yeah. coming back from you know calf injury, being out for two months, and trying to still get his legs back under him. But um, I think if Andre Drummond is also able to go tonight for the Lakers, and you have Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond in that front court, this might be a very, very tough matchup for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not sure if Willie Cauley-Stein can keep up with, you know, either one of those guys. I mean, we've talked about Andre Drummond, that he's not a very good defensive player, but this is a guy that can still grab rebounds and finish around the basket. And then now you're getting Anthony Davis back, who, I mean, one of the best players in the league that we know. So big get back for the Lakers. I, I think for the Lakers, the the guys that were playing without Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it's going to be a mode. It's going to be a motivating factor for them to have one of their best players back. And now they're probably in their mind say, okay, now it's time for us to start winning some games, try to start, you know, climbing back into the standings here um, in the Western conference. And I, I, I do like the Lakers plus the four here tonight. We take a look at the Dallas Mavericks six and 14 against the spread as home favorites four and seven against the spread on back-to-back situation. So I, we also see, you know, Luca does kind of struggle on back-to-back situations as far as scoring the basketball. So now you're getting a rested Lakers team, getting Anthony Davis back. Um, those, you know, like I said, those two metrics for the Dallas Mavericks at home favorite and back-to-back situations, not pointing, you know, in the right direction for them. So I will gladly take that Lakers plus the four tonight. I'm going to tell you there, I'm going to take the Lakers as well. Looks like Drummond is probable to play as well as Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. And also, um, and Anthony Davis said that he feels 100%. Looks like yep. he's going to have a minutes cap around 15 minutes, but okay. we know who AD is, man. He can he can make a an impact on the game in, in limited minutes. So yep. I agree with you. I think that this is one of those motivating, you know, times in the season where you get your star player back inject some additional energy and and um, motivation around the squad so and I also see Markeith Morris is also uh, probable so I mean the Lakers are getting healthy right around the right time yeah hopefully there's no setbacks here but I think that this is what this is why they acquired Andre Drummond Mm-hmm. Him being the focal anchor of the defense is not what his strong suit is, but if he's playing alongside a dog like Anthony Davis, I mean, they're already extremely, extremely good, or extremely good defensively. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're just adding in the best, one of the best defensive players in the league. It's going to yep. get scary now. Now that the Lakers are finally get into rounding into that playoff form, it's going to be. I think something to keep an eye on tonight is going to be the. Uh, the rebounding stats in this game, you know, I, I know we just mentioned that Anthony Davis is only going to be playing 15 minutes, but you know, with Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis and then the lack of, like I said, the lack of presence inside for the Dallas Mavericks. I, I think that, that we might see a big disparity between the Lakers grabbing rebounds and Dallas Mavericks having some trouble there. So I think that's something to keep an eye on tonight. Yeah, no. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I agree with you. I'm going with the, the Lakers four point dogs. Yep. Probably pay attention to the line movement a little bit. Right mm-hmm. now it's sitting at uh, 216, which is right yeah, around just... open. So that seems pretty modest. Oh, the one thing I was going to say was, you know, Chris Porzingis hasn't really been playing on back-to-back. So mm-hmm. definitely pay attention to make sure, you know, if he's going to be in the lineup or out of the lineup, that's certainly going to dictate also. That's why I like that. You know, if that four that four points by the Lakers, if Porzingis ends up sitting out, that could actually be really good value um, if that ends up being the case. Yeah. Last thing for this game, I think this team total for the Lakers is a little low for me. I mean, it's sitting at 106 at my book, but, you know, 
Dallas, I think, you know, defensively, let me see what they've done over the last 10 games. Um, they are sitting at one of the worst defenses in the league. I think they're bottom eight, seven or eight at a rating of 114.6, a net rating of minus 0.2 over their last 10 games. So uh, I'm going to try to dig up uh, on what they've done in back-to-back situations or how many points they've given up in back-to-back situations. But this 106 for the Lakers seems a little low for me here tonight. So I might be playing that over. Yeah, Dallas has been awful on defense. Um, and while also ranking pretty low in pace, I mean, they're second, mm-hmm. second worst in the NBA in pace. So these guys can't, they only score in the half court, which is like that that's what the Lakers want, right? Like they right. want to take away the, the transition buckets and stuff like that. So, yeah, I actually think that, uh, Dallas is going to have a, this is going to be an interesting game, man. I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to switch gears a little bit to, in order to uh, stay competitive in this one. Really surprised that they have them as the, uh, the favorites as home at home, at home favorites here. Yeah. All right. And we're going to switch gears to the Southwest division. Good segue in here. Talk about, let's, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks who are currently the odds on favorite to win the Southwest division, a division that, also has the Memphis Grizzlies, the San Antonio Spurs, Pelicans, and Houston Rockets. I think it's pretty clear that the Dallas Mavericks have a have the best shot here. I mean, they're minus 800 to win the division. Um, mm-hmm. Memphis is really the only ones that are going to compete with them. Right. But Memphis is kind of interesting. So let's start. We just talked about Dallas a little bit. Let's talk about Memphis. We just saw the return of Jaron Jackson Jr., Mm-hmm. Much awaited return last night. I mean, it's been forever. I feel like this guy's on the injury report yeah. since like like since January and it was always like questionable or down downgraded to to doubtful. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's at a place now where he's at least under a minutes restriction from his torn meniscus. Took him a bit it's interesting because him and Kristaps Porzingis tore their meniscus their meniscus around the same time. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Jaron Jackson's uh, road to recovery was a bit longer. Does this help? What do you think this does for the Memphis Grizzlies team? I mean, right now they're mm-hmm. they're certainly getting healthy. You know, John ja Morant yeah. is playing better. They're sitting in the eighth seed right now. I see no reason why they couldn't rise up a little bit. You know, if maybe if the Mavericks start to struggle a little bit they could maybe get into that seventh seed but i think they're sitting pretty comfortable right now in that eighth seed yeah um with only the warriors and the spurs to really be threats to you know the eight to ten the eight to ten seeding yeah um what are your thoughts on the memphis grizzlies outlook going forward and do you think that they could possibly even eclipse the mavericks for the division lead it's going to be interesting to see you know how how long it takes kind of uh jaron jackson jr to kind of get his legs back under him and uh, get up to game speed because because that's a big piece for them to kind of get back because again you know they have valachunas inside but we know jaron jackson jr is a great shooter for this team and and getting a guy like that back for this team is is huge i think they last night was a huge loss for memphis last night i mean they pretty much went up against the c team of the clippers they had both of their, you know, Clippers had both of their superstars out last night, as well as you know their two point guards and Reggie Jackson and uh, Rajon Rondo not playing last night. It was the Luke Kennard and and the uh, Marcus Morris show last night. I think they were ten of thirteen from three point land, but I think that was a big loss for them last night. Now you take a look at their schedule for Memphis going forward for this rest of the season. First point, I think that they are for sure going to be in that play in tournament because I think I think this is a time where John Morant needs to be the superstar of this team and kind of lead the way for this team. You take a look at their schedule, three out of the four next games are against Portland, and then they take on Denver. And then there's and then they have two games where they should win against Orlando. And then it kind of eases up a little bit for them. They do have New York, but then they take on Minnesota, Detroit, Toronto, New Orleans, Dallas, and then their last three games are two against Sacramento and then Golden State. So not the hardest schedule remaining for the Memphis Grizzlies. But again, I think this is a team as far as this season will be in that play-in tournament, possibly get in as an eighth seed. But I think for this season, I, I think that um, – they'll be they'll be out in the first round you know they'll make it interesting this is a very young exciting team to watch 
I'm very excited for their future with John Morant and, and Triple J and, you know, Valanchunas being the anchor inside the veteran guy and some of the younger guys that they have, they have on this team. Um, D'Anthony uh, Milton is a great, you know, prospect for them. We've talked about Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, you know, Kyle Anderson. So they have pieces on this team that, that has a very bright future. It's all kind of like, you know, putting it all together for them and, and kind of getting that playoff experience going into next season. But I, I, like I said, one of the more exciting teams in the NBA, as far as young talent. Yeah, I totally agree. And hopefully Valachunas is going to be able to clear concussion protocol mm-hmm. in the coming games. Cause they're certainly going to need him down the stretch. Yeah. Seeing that, you know, Memphis has a 28th. Uh, so uh, the third best schedule strength of schedule going forward. So that should bode well for them. Unfortunately, Dallas has the fourth best schedule going forward um, for the remainder of the season. So it could be a tight battle here. We'll see if Dallas can pull away, but either way, I think both of these teams are going to be definitely in the playoffs. It's a matter of where their seating is going to be. And if they stay in that eighth spot, mm, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough, a tough road ahead. Similar with Dallas, man, you can't, I don't know. I feel like their best bet is to get somewhere in that sixth range. Um, mm. They're seven. They're facing the top three in the West, which I think that that's a, a recipe for an early exit. Yeah, I, I think Dallas, you know, it, it, Dallas does. Obviously, we'll get into the playoffs. We'll be taking on one of those top three teams. Um, I think Dallas is that one team that's below a six seed that can probably give fits to one of those top three seeds. I don't think that they will win the series per se, but I think, you know, they can push them to, you know, six to possibly seven games because we saw what Luka, you know, did last season in the, in, in the bubble, in the playoffs, um, you know, and they have guys that can knock down three point shots, but um, you know, that Southwest division, you know, starting with Dallas, you know, they, they can give some fits to the, one of those top three teams there. And the next squad of the Southwest division, we got the San Antonio Spurs, so just looking at the books and right now there's they're laying plus odds plus 270 um to ultimately be the final eight teams to make the playoffs after the play-in tournament has concluded. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I agree I don't know that I would bet on the Spurs being the the top 8 when this is all said and done. Yeah. They look like they're a team lost without an identity. Um right. I think earlier in the season, DeJounte Murray was DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, even um, uh, DeMar DeRozan's been playing extremely well, Mm -hmm. but he's clearly, I mean, he's going to be out, right? Like he's, he's not going to be there for the, for the long haul. I think it's a clear changing of the guards. Like they're giving him his final opportunity to shine, to get Mm -hmm. that next bag. Yeah. But whose team is this after that? Right. It's DeJounte Murray's a good point guard. He's a good facilitator, but, you know, we've seen Derek White come back and now they're kind of sharing the distribution and the scoring. Their big man situation, obviously, they they let, uh, they let bought out LaMarcus Aldridge to give more time to Jakob Pertl, uh, Devin Ebanks. Ebanks. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I don't know. I just don't know what this San Antonio Spurs team is beyond that. They're still yeah. rolling out old Rudy Gay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think at this point, Pop is just doing whatever he can to stay afloat, get that 500 for his own legacy. But at yeah. this point, I don't have much much trust in what San Antonio is going to be doing for the long haul here. They're, they're going to need to retool and revamp in the draft and, and mm-hmm. possibly find some new assets to build around. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't think DeMar DeRozan will be back with his team, obviously, next season. Um I mean, they have some interesting young pieces, right? Like you mentioned, Dejounte Murray is a, is a is a nice point guard for this team, but is he is this a caliber player where you can build around? I don't think so. You know, I mean, we've seen flashes of what he can do, but I think he's a piece to a main All Star superstar to build around, and I think that's something that they're gonna go go gonna go have to go address, like you mentioned, in either free agency or through the draft. Um, for sure, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs here. I mean, you take a look at their schedule. Just look at the, over those last 10 games. They have Philly, Utah twice, and then they, and their last six games, is it's it's pretty tough. They've got Portland, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, New York, and then the last two games against Phoenix. So definitely a tough stretch coming up. 
you know, as we kind of wind down the season here for the San Antonio Spurs, I think the biggest question mark is going to be, do we see, you know, coach pop retire or does he come back? I mean, you know, what's going to be the situation with him? You know, he's been one of my favorite coaches growing up to, you know, kind of watch what he's done with the team that he's had with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker and Ginobili, but um, you know, a very, outspoken guy about you know what's going on in the world and you know really like seeing what he's he's done with as far as you know with the community and things like that but kind of going back to this basketball team I mean you have some pieces to kind of have pieces around a superstar like I mentioned but I think they're gonna have to get rid of some of these older guys you know I think like you said Rudy Gay is up 34 years old I don't think he'll be back with the team DeMar DeRozan will be gone Patty Mills, 32. I think that's a great piece for another team to kind of pick up as a backup point guard. So I don't think he'll be there. But, um, you know, Devin Vassil, Lonnie Walker, Walker uh, the fourth, um, Derek White, and then, like we mentioned, DeJounte Murray are some of the pieces that this team kind of wants to build around. So, you know, like you mentioned, I think this team kind of needs to figure out what their identity is. Yeah, it's super guard heavy. Um, mm-hmm. Devin Vassil is definitely a great pick up in the draft uh he's had spurts where he's get, been given time and he's produced really well but you're right you know I, I think this is one of those times like are we going to see pop is this pops twilight here and mm-hmm. is he going to hand over the reins to becky hammond yeah. which would be kind of cool to see that but yeah you're right he's yeah. been very vocal in the media about the social injustices plaguing america mm-hmm. as well as the treatment of uh you know, the treatment of the black community in the hands yeah. of um, systematic oppression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Popovich is, I mean, his career is storied, right? Like he's one of the best coaches ever. What For he's sure. done with even with this team is should be commended. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I think that they're clearly just, they're just riding out the end of the season, hopefully get a decent draft pick, continue to build around their guards because that they've, certainly made a commitment to that. Um, now I think yeah. it's just a matter of, can they pull, you know, potentially a really, a really good young big man, like a, a, a power forward or center to mm-hmm. kind of go in there and kind of um, balance out that roster a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, the f- couple of last teams here, we got. Um, yeah, we got Pelicans. Uh, let me see. Okay. There's right now sitting. 6,500. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, so it's interesting, you know, there's a lot of that talk around, um, you know, Zion when he played at MSG and how much he loved it, cheesing from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. There's no chance that the New Orleans Pelicans do not give this guy a max deal once his, or give him a max extension once his rookie, oh, yeah. once that rookie, um, that rookie, um, rookie deal kicker, expires. Yeah. yeah, rookie deer expires. Yeah. Um, however, Lonzo balls out. Yep. No chance he returns. Eric Bledsoe sucks. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he either gets bought out, traded, something of the combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really know what this team looks like. You know, they have a lot of young talent, similar to the I would say the the San Antonio Spurs. It seems like most of their young talent really is in the backcourt. You know, they got Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's a combo guard can do a lot of the things that Lonzo Ball does, which I think is why they're okay with him walking. Yeah. They drafted Kira Lewis Jr., who's been decent in, in in limited minutes, really good assist to turnover ratio, but doesn't really shoot very well. So he's got some development uh, still to be had. But Steven Adams is a, you know, I think he's one of those guys that's going to become like a Brooke Lopez in terms of like, he's just going to be a journeyman, big man that just kind of can set screens yeah, get some rebounds on occasion. I mean, I don't know if he's going to learn how to stretch the floor like Brooke Lopez, but I just see him being a rounded out, round out your squad big. Yeah, doesn't really fit the New Orleans Pelicans, in my opinion. I think you need to clear out the paint, and Stephen Adams is usually in the way. Like let Zion Williamson just have free room to roam. We've yeah. seen him seen him have more more time with the ball in the, in the offense, which I think is great. I think him and Bi make a really good combination great solid foundation to build a team around just as what, what are the other assets? So is Jackson Hayes a real center? We don't really know that yet. Um, this team has some work to do, but I think that they have the right leadership in the front office, despite what JJ Reddick's thoughts on the matter were. I know he was pretty pissed <laughs> off when, <laughs> yeah. when they, uh, they traded him to a destination that he was not feeling. Dude was trying to go visit, be with his family in New York. And they're like, ah, how about Dallas? How's that sound? 
<laughs> like a, pretty much a big fuck you to him. But yeah. uh, but other than that, I mean, I trust David Griffin, uh, really solid GM there, mm-hmm. uh, VP of operations, as well yep. as Stan Van Gundy's a solid coach. So yep. I think that they'll write the ship. I just think that they need to uh, they need to put some pieces that that fit around Zion and and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, like you mentioned, I think the front office piece you have, right, with David Griffin, you have the head coach that they just hired this season with Stan Van Gundy, and you have a pretty solid, you know, future young talent on this team, you know, superstar potential for sure with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. You take a look at those two guys. Ingram is only 23 and Zion's only 20. I think Jackson Hayes is the question mark, and I think this is a guy that can fill in nicely into that center position for them. He's a guy that can, you know, really block shots, rebound and, and catch lobs coming either from BI or or coming from Zion. Um, so I, I think these this is one of the teams in the Southwest division here that we're talking about that has for sure a better foundation than do the San Antonio Spurs and possibly maybe even the Memphis Grizzlies. I know they have John Morant there, but then when you have two guys like like we mentioned with B.I. and and uh, Zion Williamson, that's a great start for you. Now you kind of have to fill out the rest of this roster. And like you mentioned, Lonzo is going to be gone from this team. I think they need to get rid of Eric Bledsoe also. He's, you know, he's getting up there in age at 31 years old. Um, and, then, and then, you know, you have a a veteran in James Johnson. Do they re-sign him? Because he's making $16 million a year. And then you have a, another Ooh. backup grade point guard. Yeah. And Kira Lewis Jr. So I, I think the future for this team is is going to be bright. This is going to be a team that if they're able to acquire another, you know, star or all-star to pair maybe like a wing guy or interior guy with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, this team is going to be in good hands, right? We've talked about David Griffin, who's been an excellent, you know, one of the better GMs in the in the in this league. He'll he'll fill out this roster real quick and build around, you know, BI and Zion. So I'm excited to see what this, the roster construction for this team is going to be in the offseason and then going into next year. So I, I think this is going to be one of the teams that will be competing um, for the, at least the Southwest Division title, you know, for years to come with 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 what they have right now on this team. Yeah, when you have like a, a, a superstar level player like Zion Williamson and then a, a nice all-star sidekick with B.I., yeah, definitely bodes well for the future prospects. Interestingly enough, you know, you mentioned Jackson Hayes and being a, a good fit. I, I I agree with you, man. Like his per yeah. 36 minute averages when he's given time, you know, 15 points per game, 9.4 rebounds, a block, a steal, shooting an efficient 65, 66% from the floor. Give him more time and see how it works. Like yeah. he's young, he's spry, he can get up above the rim. I would like to see a little bit more uh, team defense by him, but I think yeah. that that's one of the things as a young player you know, you, you grow in to learn how to play defense and having Stan Van Gundy, who's generally known as a defensive minded head coach. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a good, a good spot for him to land. And he's only 20 years old right now. So plenty of room to grow. The kid is super young, uh, which I think is, is really the point of, of the rebuild of, of what the Pelicans are doing right now. So they'll probably land a pretty nice draft pick here. It's a, it's a really solid draft with people it coming is. out of that. It's a very deep draft. That, uh, G league ignite team. Yep. In addition to some of the players from college, um, I think that this is a good, really good point for them to uh, get another piece to add to that foundation. Yeah, and then lastly, we'll take it to the uh, the worst team in the Southwest Division, <laughs> the Houston Rockets. But I'll be honest with you, man, I, I'm actually slightly optimistic. Uh, before we go, just before I go back into that, real quick, you said that James Johnson's making sixteen million dollars. Yeah, that, that's what it said around his salary said sixteen million. Yeah, uh, who signed him for that? I think who he was, was with, his agent? He was with Dallas, right? So I think <laughs> that's what I figured. Agent, yeah, man, kudos to him, man. You got to give him a, a high five there, or give him a standing Dude, ovation for getting I mean, that contract. That is that. That's like one of those Evan Turner bags where I'm just like, <laughs> how did you a, a fringe bench player that gets like zero minutes consistently getting that kind of millions? Wow. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Shout out to James Johnson, man. You're winning. Um, but yeah, back to the Houston Rockets. Um, just for, you know, I, I don't know how, can they get out of, they got to get out of the John Wall business at this point. Like, I think the experiment to acquire Kevin Porter Jr. worked out really well. That mm-hmm. dude is clearly, he could play point guard. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know that, you know, with a young roster, like you got, you did the right thing in getting Christian Wood. You traded away Victor Oladipo for next to nothing. However, Kelly, Kelly Olenek is, he's a useful piece, man. His, I think he's probably one of the more underrated basketball players, probably just because he's, he slides into one of those like annoying white dudes from Gonzaga. Like, I feel <laughs> like there's just so many of those guys. Yeah. But He's a good basketball player, and I think he's he's the type of vet leader. He's been on winning teams. He came from a winning franchise. I think he actually helps the Houston Rockets a lot. Yeah. Now, it's just about everybody else. I think Jay Sean Tate has proven himself enough to be at least on the roster next mm-hmm. season. Like, he'll probably yeah. get a decent contract. I think he's overplayed his expectations. Yep. It's just a matter of, like, I mean, they're just tied up with that John Wall contract. Yeah. And it might be immovable at this point, but he played pretty well and he stayed relatively healthy throughout the seasons, which is a good thing. You know, if you're going to try to get rid of him, I still know what the market is, is going to be. But that being said, it's clear that the Rockets are uh, a few ways away, uh, a few years away from being competitive. But at the same time, I think that they took probably one of the biggest flyers in Kevin Porter Jr. and actually might've hit assuming he can stay out of trouble. Yeah. And, And I think, you know, so first point, like going back to Kevin Porter Jr., I, I think the biggest thing for him is going to be, obviously we got him for next to nothing, but having John Lucas on that coaching staff for the Rockets, it, it's it's huge for a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. because we've seen how well, you know, John Lucas works with young talent and kind of getting guys to stay out of trouble and you know if Kevin Porter Jr. can really pan out like we've seen so far this season I still think that he has a whole nother level to get to I I think you know he he can return or sorry get to all-star level and on the fringe of superstar level I mean that's been kind of the buzz around here in Houston about Kevin Porter Jr. yeah so I think if he, if he continues, and he's only 20 years old, right? And he, he he still has, you know, his develop his game. He has a great coach in Steven Silas. He has support in John Lucas. The biggest question, like you just mentioned, for this Rockets team is going to be trying to get rid of that John Wall contract. I mean, he's been healthy relatively this season. He still has that speed and explosiveness to finish around the basket. But as far as if you're rebuilding for the future, that's not a contract that you want to have on your hands. And I, I kind of wrote down four guys here that I think that will be on this roster next year or, or guys that you can kind of build around. It's going to be, again, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Christian Wood for sure, Jay Sean Tate, David Nawab are the four guys. And then if you can get back Kelly Olenek on, sorry, a decent contract, he's right. been playing really well for them. So he's a very serviceable stretch guy for this team. After that, I mean, Eric Gordon, again, another guy that we signed to an extension, but I think if the right trade comes along, you know, that's another contract that you can kind of get off your books. And if they land, I think a top four pick this season, hopefully we can get the number one or number two pick. And if we're able to pick up a guy like Cade Cunningham in this draft, now you're looking at building around Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Cade Cunningham. I think that's a really good start for this Rockets rebuild team. They might not be competitive for another maybe three to five years or, you know, maybe less than that, hopefully. But I think the the future is really bright with young talent and then you you having a head coach like Steven Silas on the on this team. So I'm like I'm excited for the for the for the for the draft for the Rockets and then going into next season and the offseason to see what they're you know what they're gonna be able to do because they have a lot of pick swaps, a lot of first round draft picks with with the trades that they've made, and then they have also the young talent and assets on this team to start building around. And then if you're, like I said, if they're able to get that one to two or, you know, top three pick, like we said, this is a very deep draft on, on as far as talent coming in from the G league and in the college level. So if they're able to get a guy like Kate Cunningham on this team, you know, I think that's a very, very good start to a rebuild process for the Houston Rockets. You hear that Rockets fans optimism. I know you Optimist, haven't had a yeah. lot of it, but uh, <laughs> it's been, it's you been heard a it tough from, year <laughs> for, for Houston sports. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the sports nerds got you, man. I think he just laid out a solid game plan for you guys to chart a new path of the rebuild. And uh, yeah, I, I totally, I agree with a majority of your points, man. Like I think yeah. they can get rid of Eric Gordon. 
I think we've seen it. I think as, as a Rockets fan, I'm sure you've probably seen enough of him just being in and out of the lineup all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's another one of those, he's going to become another one of those players that his game is good enough that he can earn a contract, probably going to opt to play on a contender because that's yeah. what he's, where he's been for a majority of his career. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, I love keeping around David Nawaba, Nawaba because he's like a really, he's a glue guy. Like I feel like you always need those dogs to like, you know, hustle for the loose balls and, and do kind of a little bit of everything is Swiss army knife. And uh, I think he fits really well within their construct right now. And really yeah. the future is how good is Christian Wood going to be? And mm-hmm. I think right now, if you can get John wall out of there, while John Walls is, is helpful for him on the court, I think watching Kevin Porter Jr. and, and Christian Wood grow together yep. it would be something really special. Um, and Christian Wood's been battling injuries this year too, man. He couldn't shake that ankle injury that had him out for quite some time, but imagine him fully healthy yep. with a, a roster's unit that actually has a formidable uh, you know, assets around him to kind of build around and actually be successful where the teams aren't just keying in on him, being that he's really the only main threat to score on a nightly basis. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that they're going to they're going to they have a little bit of a road ahead, but I think that they're they're certainly in a good position to rebuild, especially with their draft capital and the amount of money they have um, in terms of like Sons, John Wall, they should be able to, you know, acquire some yeah. players down the road. So, yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our show for today. Check out the locker room tomorrow with Ryan McKee and Manoff. DB and I will be catching up next week giving you guys a lowdown of everything that's going down in the NBA. Make sure to check out the Money Machines first MLB podcast debuting here shortly. It's going to be dope. So if you're a baseball fan, definitely tune in. And with that being said, I'm Dan Titus, and I'm out. Peace.